0: Welcome back to another episode of the Dark Room Podcast where we talk about monsters, myths, and mayhem. Today we're going to focus on the mayhem side. We don't do it very much. Ryan, in particular, is not a fan of talking about murder.
1: No, I don't, I don't like really like serial killers like or, Kyle does. Or
0: history, really. If there's dates, he
1: hates it. I don't like dates. They're boring and they're useless.
0: So right at the top, there's going to be a trigger warning for this one. Uh, it's not good. But also, this is like a 30 to 45 minute podcast, so don't, don't, it's, there's, we're, we might miss some stuff. So today we're going to talk about Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer.
1: Or Big Ed, as his friends in the police department called him.
0: Big Ed or Old Bumblebutt. Did they, I don't think, did they call him Old Bumblebutt? I heard that he was called Old Bumblebutt. Butt I forget where I heard it from, it was on a podcast That's funny, something. I didn't know that. Either that or he called himself Old Bumblebutt. It came from like the time that he had a motorcycle and he wrecked it. Oh, shit. I didn't didn't get that at all. He also tried to be a police officer at one point. Oh, wow. And he did not succeed because he's so... His giant six-foot-two-hundred-and-something-pound frame did not allow him to... Not six-foot. Six-foot-nine. Jesus. Did not make it very helpful for him trying to become a police officer or riding a motorcycle.
1: Just to preface before we go into this, I know almost nothing about Ed Kemper. I did some vague research today and couldn't really find much without getting too much in- information. You did
0: today. Research? Kyle
1: would suck him off if he could. That's he not. He loves this guy.
0: Can people stop saying that about me? I'm not. By the way, that's something
1: Jared said. I just repeated him. That's. It's not a me saying. It's not
0: the first time Jared said that I love serial killers in a well, way that implies something. The
1: way you talk about him, like you want to write a love letter. All right. So
0: Edmund Kemper was <laughs> the third. Was born in December of 1948 in Burbank, California. He was huge from the start. He was a 13 pound baby, and wow. by four he was already Wait, taller no, stop than on all that. his peers. 13 pounds. 13 pounds. He's Jesus. A, he's always been a big dude. He got made fun of for being taller than all his peers at four. That's fucking nuts. That's huge. That's
1: a big baby.
0: Yeah. Imagine pushing a 13-pound ham out your ass. I just remember being impressed when my wife put a 10 baby out, 10-pound yeah. baby out, cuz yeah. she was the biggest one in the hospital at the yeah. time. And that's and he's 30% larger than that. <laughs> um now, for being one of the most notorious serial killers, his crime spree really only lasted about 2 years. Okay. And it was 10 victims, but you also have to include the ones that he killed in 1964 before he became a serial killer. Right.
1: Didn't he kill his uncle and aunt or something? No, he killed his grandparents. Grandparents. Okay.
0: Um, Some people might recognize Kemper as being one of the main characters in the first season from uh, the show Mindhunters. Okay. Because at one point he was one of the most talkative serial killers when the FBI came around to start profiling, Mm -hmm. and he helped a lot with... with, um, he didn't help them, but like his confessions and interviews helped the f b i develop uh, a lot of their profiling because he, he was, talked so much about he it he was
1: very very willing to expose himself well, the to, to is, the interviewers
0: yeah, one of the things is is because he did one of the things that no other serial killer has done, mm-hmm. and that's he killed his primary target, yeah. Most of them have, like, an anger issue towards a mother figure, a father figure, someone Mm -hmm. that they want to kill, but they won't. So they take it out on the world around them. Okay. He, at one point, was just like, no, this time I'm going to, you're near the last one. And that's when he stopped his killing spree, even. Huh. So then he was totally fine with talking about it, because he was like, yeah, I'm I'm done. And and I don't want to do it anymore, like I did what I meant to do.
1: Found Um, his glorious (laughs) purpose, some would say.
0: He was the middle child and only son of Claire Nell, Elizabeth Kemper and Edmund Clarnell Edmund Emil Kemper the second. These people have awful names. They well, I think it was like Min. No, no, it's California. Why did I want to say Minnesota? Why? Well, I, yeah, I already said where he's from.
1: Clarnell and and very, Edmund right, is, is a very Minnesota Midwest. name. Yeah, that's an awful. These poor people. No wonder he they needed to die.
0: His dad, he didn't kill his dad. Oh, I thought he killed... Oh, grandparents, grandparents. He was a massive, intelligent kid who suffered sociopathic tendencies his whole life. Okay. When he was younger, he would torture his cats. Mm -hmm. Uh, He killed a cat uh, that he found, buried Mm -hmm. it alive, waited till it was dead, dug it back up, decapitated it, which is a thing for him, um, and then put it on a pike. And then the part that he enjoyed the most was lying to his parents about what happened to the cat.
1: That's uh that's fucked up. Yeah. That makes me uncomfortable.
0: Then he killed his sister's cat simply because the cat showed her more affection than him.
1: Yeah, okay, that sounds like serial killer shit. He then chopped it up in pieces and then uh
0: his mom found them later. Um <clears throat> so his whole life his parents were kind of abusive. His mother uh may or may not have suffered from uh Borderline personality disorder. I never heard that before in things. Mm -hmm. And he blames a lot of things on how much he hated his mom anyway for his behavior. Yeah. And this is like in an article where I think the article diagnosed her based off things he said about her.
1: Okay. So it could be mis... Uh,
0: There could be a lot of
1: lies involved. Yeah. You don't know how accurate... There's also evidence that
0: some of her abusive nature did happen. Like her locking him in the basement Mm -hmm. with a cot and just like an overhead hanging light. Because she was afraid he was going to molest his sisters. Huh. Like, his mom was afraid of him, and that was one of the things that drove her to the being more abusive and like meaner to him. Yeah. Um, I mean, thir- that'll
1: fuck you up if you weren't already.
0: Yeah. No, for real. Um, I don't know what point it happened, but his father did leave his mom. Okay. And Kemper always idolized his, idolized his father while hating his mother. Okay. Um, so... When he was 15, he decided he was going to go live with his father. He was mm-hmm. going to go find him, and he was mm-hmm. going to go live with him. But his father was like, nah, <laughs> and sent him to go live with his grandparents. Okay. And that's where Kemper's first victims kind of happened. His mo- his grandmother reminded him too much of his mother. Okay. So one day, he decided that he was going to kill her, and mm-hmm. he took a twenty-two rifle and shot her. Okay. His grandfather was out for the day, either at work or he was out shopping, and Kemper knew that his grandfather was going to come home, mm-hmm. and he loved his grandfather. So, out of mercy, he decided he was going to kill his grandfather, so he didn't have to realize that his wife was murdered.
1: Ah, oh, that's a twisted form of mercy.
0: Yes, and it's not the f- last time he says something along those lines. Yeah. Of, I killed another person because I killed this person, and I didn't want them to be upset about it.
1: Okay yeah clearly, so fucked up, okay, so at this point, he
0: um where's the thing was actually diagnosed as a paranoid Hi, I'm scot- getting a
1: little bit of a feedback, is that your computer next to the microphone, or
0: maybe, but that also just happens sometimes yeah you know? it's, it's just like a yeah, I hear it a little buzz- bit, little buzz, yeah, yeah. Jerry can turn it down. So at this point, he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic by a court psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. and he was sentenced to Addis Cadero State Hospital as a criminally insane juvenile. Now, that's something rare that happens with serial killers. Mm -hmm. There's not many times that they are declared criminally insane, even though they all try the insanity plea. It's actually something that doesn't happen very much in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the things is not trying to cover it up or not trying to run away from it, so he probably just sat there and waited for the cops to come. Yeah. At 21, in 1969, he was released into his mother's care from the hospital after convincing the doctors he was no longer a threat to society. This Which, is a kid uh, that killed two grandparents, yeah, because they reminded him of his mom, and now they're releasing him into the custody of his mom. And he was only in in jail for like six years.
1: Yeah, that's that's that that seems like a bad
0: plan. Three years later, in 1972, Kemper's killing spree, as the co-ed killer, would begin. Mm-hmm. So, he started doing trial runs before he started killing people, actually. So, what he would do is he would go out, pick up hitchhikers, drive them to, like, isolated locations, and then just bring them back. Fine. Not hurting anybody. Then he would give himself... Wait, little- wait, wait
1: did, did no one, like hitchhiking was
0: totally normal in the 70s yeah but did california he'd bring them out to somewhere isolated he would he would do all kinds of things sometimes he would just take wrong turns just to see what would happen and see if he could talk his way out of it that's what it yeah. was he was practicing his social oh, skills oh okay he needed to learn how to speak to people i
1: thought he was like this is just the trial run i'm not actually gonna kill you this time and like drove out to a cornfield he's like yeah, this works. out. What do you think? And they're like, "Oh, I'm terrified." He's like, "Great, okay, time to go back." No,
0: no, no, no. He was practicing like convincing people that he was fine. Yeah, to a point where like, it worked. It worked really good for him. Mm-hmm. He was just this big, giant, friendly man that. Well, I guess yeah, that would pick up kids his age, and then sometimes not bring them back.
1: And then sometimes not bring them back.
0: He started to give himself like little little bits of leeway, though. Mm-hmm. So like, what would do is he'd slightly escalate things. So like, mm-hmm. he would do he would take someone, bring them out, drive them wherever they needed to go, mm-hmm. whatever. Then he started bringing a gun, mm-hmm. and he would hide the gun, and he would drive them around. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Then a knife. Then rope. Then all the other stuff. And then one day, he finally. <sighs> one day he picks up Marianne. Pessies. And Anita Luchessa. Okay. Another thing about him is he didn't start slow. Yeah. He picked up two victims the first time. Okay. Well, supposedly, actually, if we go back to like when he was a kid, he had two victims the first first time too. Yeah. Yeah. It's another rare first time thing. Was... A lot of them don't do that because that's a lot of risk and yeah. that's right out the gate.
1: Yeah. So I mean, but his first his first round was his grandma and grandpa. That's two victims. Yeah to start um i guess two cats if you count the cats too
0: so after the girls were in his car i don't remember who was sitting in front who was sitting in the back but after Mm -hmm. they were in his car he told them that they left the door open Mm -hmm. so him being a giant six foot man reached over opened the door closed the door and dropped the chapstick like container behind it um to prevent them from being able to open the door later
1: Oh, like in the handle. Yeah, yeah, in the mechanism. There. Mechanism, yeah.
0: He then drove them to a remote location, separated them, put one of them in the trunk, went to the other one that was left in the car, stabbed her to death. Huh. Uh-huh. Then he went to the girl in the trunk who had listened to her friend die. Okay. Opened the trunk and murdered her. Okay. In an interview I was watching on my way here, literally on my way here. Oh, my God. He had discussed how he didn't want her to know her friend died, the girl in the trunk. Yeah. When he went to her, she asked him why he was covered in blood. He said she was getting smart with me, so I broke her nose. Because he didn't feel like she needed to have that extra level of terror, knowing that her friend was murdered right before he He didn't want to psychologically
1: damage people. He just wanted to physically maim them. Yeah. Yeah, this guy sounds like a piece of shit.
0: Oh, he is. And then... Uh, in an, in this interview, he also confesses that he thought he locked his keys in the trunk and actually ran away from the scene at first before the gun that he forgot he had. Cause he had a gun. Yeah. He didn't use the gun at all. Mm-hmm. Forgot he had it. Uh-huh. It dropped. He picked it up and then he was like, I should check all my pockets before I run. Mm-hmm. Found his keys, went back, took them to his house where his mom also lives. Who's out for the night. Mm hmm decapitated them in the driveway, and brought Jesus. the bodies inside wrapped in blankets.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: He was not afraid of getting caught.
1: Yeah, clearly this guy was not folk, like not running on all cylinders.
0: He would then dissect the bodies in his bedroom, uh-huh. hang on to them for a little while, and then dispose of them. There's also rumors that I've heard that... Well, no, the necrophilia happened. And he did have... relations with the decapitated heads that he would hang on to longer than the bodies. Oh, that's fucked. So again, trigger warning, he is... You say the trigger warning before you talk about fucking a head. I did that at the beginning, and it's just more. Oh, God, it gets worse. Yeah. I also heard that he didn't always use... The Mouth?
1: Oh, no. Oh, no.
0: I'm not sure where I heard that from. There's oh, been a lot of podcasts, no. a lot of interview things. But apparently, rigor mortis sets in and it becomes a little harder to open that.
1: Oh, uh, ooh. I don't like anything about this. How is is this guy still alive? Yes.
0: Why? Because he's. He. His career path is similar to one that you have, in that he has probably the most prolific collection of audiobooks that he's been making since the 70s.
1: If Morgan Freeman did this to someone, I'd say put him down. I don't care how good his voice
0: is or how excellent of a reader he is. I think it's 5,000 hours of audiobooks he's read and recorded that people listen to. I don't don't care.
1: That's not it's not a I'm valid reason. I'm not saying reason. that
0: that's a valid reason not to murder him. I'm saying that.
1: That is not a valid that's, reason. This sentence in to California
0: doesn't up. happen. Let's just remember that. It's California. Oh, yeah, that's California, true. California, he doesn't die. So, in September of that year, Kemper went back on hunting, hunting, mm-hmm. and he picked up a 15 year old named Aikiko Ku.
1: Okay.
0: He taped her mouth shut and tried to, well, he suffocated her until she lost consciousness. Uh huh sexually assaulted her. Uh Uh-huh. Then he strangled her with her own scarf. Uh Uh-huh. Kept her in his trunk for a while and he would just come to visit and admire his work before he also brought him to her room or her Her to his room room. where he dissected her, decapitated her, and did the whole thing again. Um, Unlike the the idea that serial killers have a set demographic that they only go after because Bundy did that. Mm Mm-hmm that is super uncommon okay age and person doesn't matter mo- as much as uh accessibility uh-huh and he had a lot of accessibility yeah he was picking up college students and his mother worked at the university of california okay and he had a car that had a sticker that said he was allowed to be there whenever he wanted to be.
1: Okay. So he was, that's so, why he's the co-ed killer. He would just go pick up people killer. at the college.
0: There, and most of them were college students. They, most of the girls were college students that he would pick up. They weren't mm-hmm. all from that that college. Yeah. But he did take particular pleasure in doing it from that college because it was like he was attacking his mom because she worked there. I was say, it's, it's And she was proud college. of her work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, the thing with that, though, was like if he like there was a bunch of warnings out about not hitchhiking, the bus traffic for the colleges had picked up so that there was extra routes and stuff so people wouldn't have to. Yeah. Um, And people were warned not to get in unless they had a sticker that said they were allowed to be on college campus, which he had. Yeah. So what he would do is he would pick girls up if they talked about him, if they talked about the case, if they had theories about who was doing it and what was happening, he would let them go. Okay. Stroking his ego was apparently the way that he would just be like, all right, I'll take you wherever you want. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Like the idea that them just being like, so what about So this like they're driving guy?
1: along and he's just like, oh, I don't know. It's so mysterious. No one knows who it could be. Yeah. Go tell well, all your friends.
0: They had to bring it up. It couldn't be him bringing it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously.
0: But um, And the same thing would happen with the cop bar. So you did some research on that. Yeah. He hung out at the, the jury room across from the courthouse. Yep. And he would go and best – be buddies with the cops there mm-hmm. so that he would find out any information they might have yeah. about the case. Yeah, he
1: knew exactly what they were thinking and looking into because they apparently just were chatty Kathy's at this bar after work. Mid-investigation, they'd well, be just talking about Well, it was
0: also like just like, other beat cops and stuff. It wasn't always the detectives on the case. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you're, it's, you're talking about stuff that's going around the precinct. Sure, and that might not be written out details, but if they're on to something you most of those people probably had a good idea.
0: Well, this is like the the dichotomy of like his personality is he was able to be this bumbling like oafish type dude that everybody would just be like, "Ah, it's just big ed and around the police and then this hulking monster when he needed to be." Yeah. So there's it even worked in his favor another time because one, one point he bought a new gun. Okay. His record's been redacted because he was a kid. He was found insane. Yeah. It's over. He's out. Um, but the gun shop owner was able to read that it was for murder, like mm-hmm. through the Sharpie or whatever, blacked out whatever he did. Yeah. So he let the police know, like, hey, this man just bought a gun. I don't know if he should have it. Yeah. Um, and the police went to investigate. And all they knew was he was a six foot nine dude. And they were like. They were afraid just to approach. They're like, there's a six-foot dude yeah. who's got a gun, yeah, who's murdered people, mm-hmm. who's out, and we have to go ask him for his gun back. Yeah. When they went, they couldn't find his house. Mm-hmm. And they are like, well, let's ask this guy for directions. He was laying across his entire front seat, like fidgeting with something, probably hiding something to use in some crime later. Yeah. Um, and they approach. He gets out, and he stands up, hulking over them, and they're like, you're Ed. Can we have that gun that you sh- probably shouldn't have? He opens his trunk. There's a bundle of like cloth in there. Yeah. Or well, he goes to open his trunk. They're like, "Hey, actually, can we open your trunk?" Lets them. They see the bundle of cloth. They pick it up. That's where the gun is. Mm-hmm. It could somehow his trunk was clean. <laughs> the cops were like a little iffy because all the liner had been torn out. Yeah. But like there was nothing suspicious. Like no. At all, inkling that he was like the, the killer yeah. they were looking for at the time. Yeah, I mean, this there's happens nothing a lot to link, in these investigations. I'm gonna to
1: say there's it. nothing to link him at this point to
0: just that he's a murderer with a gun.
1: Yeah, and that, yeah, past hit record of murder. Not to mention some to a gun.
0: of his murders aren't necessarily like bodies found or entire. Yeah. Like, um, the last one I mentioned, Akiko, her mm-hmm. not her whole body was they never found most of her.
1: Oh. Um,
0: he also had an IQ of 130. That's unnecessary. I just found that just now. That's um,
1: a, that's above average.
0: I know it is. No, I know. Um, but that's like one of the things that helped him with like the lying to everybody.
1: Yeah. So that's a trait of uh, sociopaths in general. Being super smart. Is, well, having a high IQ. IQ does not equal intelligence. IQ equals more of a ability to learn. It Damn. just so happens that sociopaths tend to have a more open mind for things that other people wouldn't and learn easier
0: like murder and also how to manipulate people.
1: well because they don't care so it's yeah. not like they're not morally repulsed by it because they don't have
0: well they they kind of, they kind of require it because a lot of the time like if you're a sociopath you have to learn how to mimic other people's yeah. you like, have emotions so you have to emotions. like look at them and see it and then mm-hmm. see how you can control that yourself for them mm-hmm His next victim was in January of 1973. Now, I say that because I don't know if he confessed to more, because a lot of the times they do, or they don't, and they have more victims Mm -hmm. that they don't know. So his next victim was January of 1973. He abducted Cindy Shelv, 19, forced her into his trunk, and shot her with his new gun before it was taken from him. Then he brought the body back to his apartment, sexually assaulted it, dissected it removed the bullet fragments from her skull and buried it in her buried her in his mother's backyard ugh. then it's, in february of 1973 he murdered rosalind thorpe and alice lou another two at a time thing i didn't keep going with all the details on these because he does the same thing i was gonna
1: say does he basically just follow the same pattern he, when it comes he follows to what the he does same pattern
0: them? once serial killers have a fantasy and they realize exactly what they want they tend to stick with it. Yeah. Um and his was more the body. Yeah. After the aftermath part. Yeah. Um Oh god. Did I you that
1: to his mom?
0: That's she's she's next. She okay. Um so <laughs> I did, I also didn't know how like deep we'd be able to go into this. So like there's like a lot of information missing because we're a short show. Yeah. We usually try to be a little bit funnier and It's hard if you're just constantly like, and then he dissected the body. And And then then he he murdered this person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was April 20th, 1973 is when he took his final victims. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just his mom. Okay. He went into his mother's room. Uh And in an interview that I heard, she was reading. He goes in to talk to her. She gave him an attitude and was like, oh, I suppose you want to stay up all night talking. He then walked out and goes, she's got to die. Like, to himself, he just repeated that over and over. Yeah. He waited until she was asleep, Mm -hmm. took a claw hammer, plunged into with it, slit her throat, Uh removed her head, Uh and had sex with it.
1: Ugh. Ugh.
0: He then called her best friend, invited her. Because why not? Because why not? Invited her over for dinner and and did the same thing.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So wait, why the best friend did not want the best friend to
0: I don't know. I think she was coming over later that day and it was it was probably along the lines of I don't want her to find the Yeah, body. like the same this, pattern this is, as before. It's also because this is the time he ran. Yeah. So he's been doing this. He killed his mother. This is the person that all his anger has been for, but he's been taking it out on everyone around him. Yeah. Even though, like, it wasn't like Ed Gein, where it was like women that reminded him of his mother, it was literally yeah. just women, yeah, in general. Like, he, he hated women, his rage that would build up, just like Jared's. <laughs> um, he would then take out on anybody that was apparently willing to be friendly with him, really. Like, that's what hitchhiking is it's someone yeah. that's trusting you, yeah, and talking to you, and you're becoming friends at some point, maybe, yeah. So, he runs out on the road. Pulls over and calls the police the first time. Mm-hmm. Them knowing good old Bumblebutt, Big Ed, do not believe him when he says that he murdered his mom, her friend, and he's been the one killing all the girls. Jesus. So he has to call them back. Um, I believe he leaves that place. He he drives away and he goes to um, like another location and he ends up in Colorado. Okay, uh, where he calls them again convinces them finally that it's uh-huh. not a joke he did do this they go to his mom's house discover the corpses there and then he waits for them in pueblo colorado so that they can come take him into custody wow and in march of 1974 kemper confessed and he said he did it so that he wouldn't kill anymore because he was finally accomplished in what he was doing
1: jesus christ this guy was wrong from start to finish
0: yeah he's done countless interviews he always will talk about what he's done
1: oh so i have a question why why is he called the guy that killed halloween he's not isn't that
0: no we talked about that guy that was the guy that murdered his kids with pixie stones oh that's right he's the co-ed killer because he killed co-ed yeah
1: i just had that mixed up in my head all these serial so killers weird. blend together for me. That guy wasn't a serial killer.
0: That was a guy killing his kids Whatever. for insurance money. That all of these pieces bag. of
1: shits end up in the same garbage pile of my brain, so I don't think about it. You're just lumping them
0: all together. I am. They all did different They're horrible, all horrible insignificant
1: things. people that are not worth mentioning.
0: It's true, but it's not true. I mean, they've all history. done things that are history, and be... it's
1: important to understand, Yeah, but I don't like validating their actions.
0: No. No, no, no. There's also... It was a weird time... When serial killers were a thing in like the seventies, well, the seventies were fucking crazy anyway. A lot of it gets blamed on lead, like lead oh, poisoning because it was in the water and yeah. stuff. And lead does make people more aggressive. That's it's possible. And there's also head trauma. Nobody knows. A lot of people were on it. coke in the seventies. Also, he wasn't on drugs. No, well, I'm anything. not saying. No, no, I mean there's also it. a lot of val- there's a lot of killers that were like that. Like Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer yeah. had to be blackout drunk to murder somebody. Yeah. But he felt guilty about the murder, but he just wanted the bodies to play with. Yeah. So he was a whole different monster. We'll do that someday. Yeah. (sighs) But this is the one for this month. I figure we'll do one true crime story a month. Yeah, we can do one a month. Jared likes the numbers that come with that.
1: Jared likes the the true crime numbers.
0: (laughs) I do love talking about monsters, and now we have more fun. I can't
1: wait to drink a couple of beers and pretend I didn't have this conversation.
0: Well, now you know a lot more of horrible things. Nope. So not now gonna, we can say I goodbye. I won't. I Ed didn't Kempers even know. Ed Kemper's a scumbag. The victims need to be remembered. I didn't even know he wasn't the
1: Halloween killer. That's how much this is not going to stick with me. You say that I, now, but you're going to go home. I will write this out of my brain as soon as possible.
0: You're gonna, you say that now, and then you're going to be doing a D&T and t campaign. Someone's going to be like, I sever the head. And you're like, please, please don't
1: say anything after that. Honestly, we sever heads a lot in game. This is never going to come up again for me.
0: I can't wait to play with you.
1: Oh, my God. I'll do it. I'll be the one to sever the head and like fuck it, and then you'll be like you're like Ed Kemper, and I'll be like who? I will not remember. I promise you. We should, we <laughs> should
0: stop. I feel like we crossed the line now. Uh,
1: we crossed a lot of lines. I'm just saying, like, and then, like I won't, I won't remember. It could be, it could be me. It could be you. Or won't this will not I stick mean, with me.
0: Different people, different people. True crime is like a thing people are fascinated. Like for me, it's like the psychology I, I, behind I, it. the idea that someone can be so twisted to do these horrible things oh. and then go home and like eat a bowl of cereal or sometimes not go home I stay in the victim's
1: is very interesting about it but my brain really does just write this stuff off yeah i mean you it's can't, you can't
0: like you can't just look at them as being like oh that's a shitty person because there's something different in them or we're all capable of that you either have to separate them as these monsters just like a vampire or a werewolf I think or you much, have to realize that we are all that I'm same thing. pretty
1: sure all humans are capable of truly atrocious things and I just write it off as they made the incorrect choices all
0: right.
1: I could be wrong I'm not saying I know for a fact about any of this but I don't yeah I mean yeah sociopaths and things like that are different but it's not I don't spend time thinking about it
0: okay unlike like...
1: some people in this group I don't fantasize about Ed Kemper I
0: don't fantasize about i he's so mad true crime is the thing that a lot of people i know it it really i've sat through a lot of
1: it my mom likes true crime my fiance likes true crime i'm just not into it
0: you don't talk about your mom diddling herself to this
1: no because she like finds it you like mentally stimulating
0: i same thing
1: I don't know. You get real excited my when you talk about it. My pee is very
0: soft right now, and I don't. <laughs> please don't keep this in the show because this should <laughs> be the has outro to by be now. This, this show. needs to be over. There All needs right. to be less funniness in this episode. No, we definitely save it for when we talk about aliens next week.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> i right, well, for thank real, you this for time. Listening. Thank you for listening to Dark Rum Podcast. This has been truly
0: atrocious. I'm Turtle. I'm Kyle, and I like making Ryan uncomfortable. Yeah. It already worked better because he was already mad at me. Plus, he hates the subject.
1: Yeah, listen to us anywhere you can find your podcasts. We're hosted on uh, Age of Radio still?
0: Age of Radio, um, everywhere, Apple. Yeah, we have a YouTube Age channel. Age of Radio, we have a website for that. We will have a regular website soon, yep. A Patreon's coming soon. The Patreon's if down Jared the road. Jared didn't already finish it, because I have no idea where he is with that, because I keep ignoring him. Um... Yeah, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Podcast. Yep. Uh, Follow us or or send us your scary stories. Email us
1: at uh, darkrumstories at gmail.com.
0: If you have, like, a creepypasta you wrote, spooky stories that happened to you, ghost stories. Is there a serial killer you want to hear about? Serial killer you want to hear about? Or if, like, your mom was picked up one time but, like, dropped off by a serial killer. Yeah.
1: All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.